Bills Mafia, what is up? And welcome into another episode of the Halftime Adjustments Podcast here on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. You can find me on Twitter, a new Twitter handle, at TTP underscore Charlie. And I come to you, unfortunately, after a loss, obviously, to the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round of the playoffs. The Buffalo Bills season is over, and we enter the offseason. I come to you uh, frustrated, disappointed, irritated, yet yet hopeful that um, the future will continue to be bright for the Buffalo Bills. I know a lot of people are still processing their emotions from the game. Uh, some people are trying to see who can you know, get get fired, who's to blame, all that kind of stuff. I've got three segments or topics for you guys today. Uh, first of all, we're going to talk about the game. I don't, I'm not actually going to spend too much time on the game because I think it's the microcosm of some bigger issues. And I'll explain that in segment two. Uh, segment two is we're going to go back to the future uh, back to the beginning, things like that. We're going to talk, and then in the third topic segment, talk to you guys about some coaching stuff. Obviously, Joe Shane was hired as the New York Giants general manager, and the sort of obvious thing is that Brian Dable will be leaving. There's some rumors dealing with that, and I want to touch on who I think would be possible replacements for Brian Dable. I think it's a pretty wide open list. So I want to talk about that. And then lastly, I know people are very worried about the report that Ken Dorsey is supposed to go with Brian Dable. Obviously that's a a rumor, uh, an an anonymous report. And I'm going to explain to you why I think it's in Ken Dorsey's best interests to leave the Buffalo Bills and not to stay here, to go with Brian Dable. So first, let's get into the game. Obviously, one of the greatest football games ever played. I heard some guy in New England who's supposedly this weirdly well-respected broadcaster talk about how Sean McDermott is a, a moron and this and that the other, and that it couldn't be the greatest game played because nobody could stop each other. Okay, well, first of all, the Patriots couldn't stop, you know, Josh Allen either. I'm pretty sure they probably couldn't stop Pat Mahomes. And like it is what it is. Josh Allen played probably the two two of or maybe the two greatest Buffalo Bills games by a quarterback that I've ever seen. For those of you who don't know, I'm 44. I was born in 1977. I was in high school in 1990, 91, 92, more or less like 92. I was a freshman. You get the idea. So I saw, I was in the stands for the Kelly era and the, you know, the Wade Phillips era after that, if you that's what you want to call it. And there's no doubt that Josh Allen is the most gifted, maybe the most physically gifted quarterback to ever enter the NFL. These past two games have been spectacular. Pat Mahomes also played spectacular. And yes, did the Buffalo Bills make mistakes in the last... 13 seconds and at a few other points in the game, especially on defense, but also on offense. Yes, 
And I see people talking about they should fire McDermott. Look, guys, I've seen all these Bills fans, right, on social media, especially the the under, I call it the under 35 crowd, because if you were 35 in 1990, you were like, you know, I mean, if you were 35 back in 1990, you were like five years old. So I understand that you knew the Super Bowl was going on, but no offense, but I feel like your perception of football and the Super Bowl uh, wasn't what it is now. So I have all these people about how all they want is is the Buffalo Bills to be good again. All they want is the Buffalo Bills to go to the playoff. Oh my God, the playoff drought. Oh my God. Oh, this. And these same people are out here talking about how McDermott's a loser. He's a bum. He should be fired. Is he the guy to take the Bills to the Super Bowl? Do you know how random it is to get to the Super Bowl? 31 teams every year don't do it. It's not some easy thing. I know that the Patriots made it look easy. It's not. It's not easy. So do you want to go back to the playoff drought? I wasn't complaining about the playoff drought. You were. Do you want to go back back to that? Because you don't know what's going to happen. Their head co- the next head coach may be Greg Williams 2.0 or Dick Geron 2.0. Is that what you want? I understand that you're upset. It's also a divisional round game. It's not the Super Bowl. You really don't think this team is going to play be a playoff contender for the next 10 years or so? They're going to like make the playoffs every year. Maybe one time some really fluke, they don't. But you want to fire Sean McDermott? Was Sean McDermott to blame ultimately for the last 13 seconds? At 50% at least, maybe more, maybe less, but at least 15%. Were there other people to blame that Sean McDermott is refusing to name? Yeah. Why are you upset about that? I know you want to be angry at somebody. Sean McDermott's not going to tell you whose fault it was. Because that's what leaders do. Leaders protect their troops and shoulder to blame themselves. Would you like it more if Sean McDermott was like, well, yeah, Heath Farwell screwed the pooch on that one and Leslie Frazier sucks. I know that right now in this moment, you'd feel good about that. But nine months from now in September... When the season started, would you be like, well, I don't know about Sean McDermott, man. I mean, he threw Leslie Frazier under the bus. I understand motions are running high right now. They'll be back. They got Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. They have a young and up-and-coming roster for the most part, and they're going to add more pieces to it this year. Also, it came out last night, two nights ago, I guess, if you're listening to this on Thursday, on the Cover 1 YouTube show with Eric Turner. Anthony Prohaska and Bruce Nolan that the Buffalo Bills did call a squib kick. The only problem was is they forgot to tell the kicker. Tyler Bass knew nothing about it. Now, is that on Sean McDermott? Yes. It's also on whoever was supposed to tell Tyler Bass. I don't know if that was Taiwan Jones or Heath Farwell or whoever the hell is supposed to tell him. But how do you not tell the kicker? So, yes, Sean McDermott is the leader, so it's his responsibility. But what is he supposed to do? Follow everybody around? Do everything? If Sean McDermott has to do everything, then he should just fire everybody and do it all himself. Sean McDermott, head trainer. Sean McDermott, linebacker coach. Sean McDermott, quarterback coach. Sean McDermott, uh, scouting intern. 
Like he can't do it all. He has to de- he has to delegate. And someone he delegated to fucked up. Is that his responsibility in the moment? No, but it's his responsibility to fix it now. And I understand we saw the Patriots what looked to be perfection, right? They never did anything wrong. But do you really know that for sure? Do you know that they never, ever, 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 ever had a communication issue within the coaching staff? That they made a mistake? That a call didn't get into somebody? Like ever in the history of ever? They probably did. You just didn't hear about it. So, not a great ending. I also didn't like the part where they forced the, uh, you know, they punted, right? Had the Chiefs down at the two-yard line. The defense forces three and out. The Bills run it three times with Devin Singletary, and they got a punt again. What's that? What are you doing that for? Keep the ball in Josh Allen's hands. At least one or two of those plays. Instead, they're like, yeah, Devin, just run into the line there. It'll be fine. Then they punt again. That's not ideal. It's not ideal. So what I'm trying to say in this first little segment here is Let's just be positive. Be positive, man. Look at the bright side. I go on I go on Twitter, and no matter what's going on, I'll be like, man, I really hated that Josh Allen threw that interception. And everybody's like, yo, man, why aren't you more positive? Okay, now I'm asking you. Why aren't you more positive? Why am I the one who's got to tell everybody else to be positive? Everyone hates me because I'm too negative. Be positive. Because I got plenty of negative stuff coming up for you in my next segment. And yes, is the easy answer, okay, just squib kick the ball, which obviously they try to do, but there's a communication issue. And is the easy answer, hey, just play normal defense, or I don't know, fucking have Mario Addison tackle Travis Kelsey as soon as the ball is snapped. Like, literally, clocks don't stop on a penalty. So just tackle his ass. You get a penalty, but the clock keeps going. I mean, you know, the Patriots would have done that, right? They would have just tackled somebody. So, like, look... Sean McDermott's been a head coach for, what, five years now? Brandon Bean's been a general manager for, really, four drafts, however you want to, you want to talk about it. This, this will be his fifth draft. Well, this is McDermott's sixth draft. Because, remember, they had Doug Whaley. They didn't fire him until after the draft. Look, Josh Allen is still learning. Like, I understand that, like, you see a game against the Patriots, you see a game against the Chiefs, and you're like, man, I think Josh Allen reached his final form. And it's close. It's close, but I guarantee you that there's still things that he can do. He's still going to go with Jordan Palmer. And you know what I thought? Speaking of Jordan Palmer, going into that game, in the Chiefs game, things weren't going well, were they? I was like, "Uh uh-oh, this might be a blowout. And then we throw a touchdown bomb to Gabe Davis. And I was like, oh, okay, we're all right, we're all right, we're all right. I encourage you, if you want to hear Jordan Palmer talk about Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, what he does with them in the offseason, what he thinks about Josh Allen's ascension. I mean, great stuff from Jordan Palmer. One of the best podcast episodes I've ever listened to. That's on the Draft Dudes podcast with Joe Marino. You guys all know Joe Marino. His friend Kyle Krabs. They have a draft podcast. They had Jordan Palmer on. It might have been last week. Go check it out. It's phenomenal. But if you don't want to go check it out, I'm going to just paraphrase a few things. Jordan Palmer said that every single thing that he and Josh Allen worked on was so that Josh Allen would peak 
in the last four minutes of the Kansas City Chiefs game. Looked like it worked to me. Right? Looked like it worked to me. He was talking about what distinguishes Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Pat Holmes from Nathan Peterman. Obviously, there's physical talents, right? Obviously. But what, what, what distinguishes those guys from a guy who's just maybe a marginal quarterback? Besides the physical, right? Confident. It's confident. He said that he's talked to Joe Burrow, he talked to Josh Allen, and those guys believe wholeheartedly that no one can stop them, that they are unstoppable, that they are unbeatable. And that, my friends, is the intangibles, the X factor. So he's going to go with Jordan Palmer. They're going to do what they do. And maybe next year they beat the Chiefs. And while the easy answer is don't run the ball three times after you force a three and out and squib kick it and just play some defense, man. In my next segment here coming up, I'm going to go back to the future, back to the beginning, and I'm going to identify what I think are some more systemic issues dating back to the week after the Super Bowl when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, in my second segment, I'm going to talk about some things. I'm going to take you back, back, back to last February. February 2020. Picture it. February 2020. We just lost Betty White. Very sad about that. I know she didn't play Sophia. I know that, people. All right? Just saying. Golden Girls reference. I thought I'd mention it. February of 2021. Myself and E.J. Daniels were co-hosts on a podcast. We did an episode, obviously, each week. Maybe twice a week. I don't really remember. The week after the Super Bowl, what did we talk about? We looked at the way the Kansas City Chiefs played the Buffalo Bills wide receivers in the AFC Championship game. You remember that? And the way that Tampa then turned the tables on them and played against them in the Super Bowl. And we said, yo, man, Trey White, top 10 corner. But the Bills need some young, fast, big, athletic dudes at the cornerback position. And right now, they don't really have them. They don't really have them. So much of the league now is about passing. And Brandon Bean stated that the entire offseason, the entire mission, was to build a roster that could beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Not in week five. They failed. Why did they fail? And I know there are some people who are saying right now, but the Colts, the Titans. No. The Buffalo Bills are aligning themselves to beat the Chiefs because the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC and one of the two best teams in the NFL. So the draft comes along, right? We're all sitting there watching. We had a, a built-in Buffalo live YouTube show going on. And we're all hoping, who are we hoping for, right? Kyle Duggar, 
cornerback, athletic guy, Gregory Rousseau. What? Defensive end. Why? Now, don't get me wrong. <clears throat> Greg Rousseau has had an encouraging first year. Greg Rousseau started all the games. I think that Greg Rousseau took some steps forward in his development. Okay, that's fine. We still got some good corners in round two. Carlos Basham. What? Another defensive end? Why? I don't get it. Like, we need fast guys who can run with Tyreek Hill, or at least try to. Run with McCole Hardman. There's nobody on the Bills roster except Isaiah McKenzie. He doesn't play defense. No one else can run with these guys. Okay. So, Brandon Bean has his press conference. He says, We needed to get more people to put more pressure on Pat Mahomes. That wasn't the problem to me. You can't cover these guys. You can't run with them. How'd that go this year? Like, you need a dude. You need a guy like Bruce Smith or Miles Garrett or Joey Bosa. That's not Greg Rousseau. It's not Carlos Basham. It certainly isn't A.J. Epinesa. The Buffalo Bills need a guy that can get to the quarterback. They don't have one. And when they did get there, what did you forget? That Pat Mahomes is almost as good of a runner as Josh Allen. He just does he just does it a lot less. So all you really did is force Pat Mahomes. And Pat Mahomes is great throwing on the run. It's his bread and butter. Why do you want to force this guy out of the pocket? I want him to stay in the pocket. I want them to do to Pat Mahomes what they did to Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. Remember that? When they formed like this like wall around Lamar Jackson. And they just like stood there, right? Like they wouldn't let him come forward. They wouldn't let him go left. They wouldn't let, let him go right. Why do you want to get Pat Mahomes on the move? That's his strike zone. That's what he's known for. Don't get him on the move. Just cover. So now we come down to this thing. Right? Where Sean McDervin's given his end of the press end of the year press conference and one of the reporters said, Hey, do you think that maybe you want to get some guys who are fast who can run with uh Tyree Kill in the secondary? And McDermott's like, Yeah, maybe. Well, no shit. Why didn't you do that last year? I don't get it. And if you then if you follow your way through the season, why was the offensive line so unsettled? Riddle me that, Batman. Like, why did it take, like, 11 games, 12 games to get the offensive line situated? Halftime, right? Halftime of the Tampa Bay game? It's like somebody flipped the switch. After the game, Micah Hyde said, yeah, we were real honest with each other. Why did it take until game 12 for you to be honest with each other? Why weren't you honest with each other in training camp? Or in week three? Like... Whatever happens to the Buffalo Bills, they need to get their shit right in the preseason this year. In the first three, four weeks of the season. You can't be going into a game against Tampa Bay in week 12 and being like, yeah, well, we finally... Like, what do you mean? Because one of the remedies to this situation is just having the game played in Buffalo. You saw Josh Allen couldn't call any audibles vocally. You heard that. I heard the crowd on TV. It's one of the loudest crowds I've ever heard in my life. I've watched every Bills game or been to every Bills game since, like, 1989. And that was one of the loudest crowds that I heard through a television ever. 
Score 10 points against the Jacksonville Jaguars in this game's at home. Maybe they should have kicked the field goal and went to overtime against the Titans. What would have happened? I don't know. But as you can see, it's just a random coin toss. You win those two games, you're the number one seed. Home field the whole way. So I understand that in the moment, oh, Sean McDermott's a D-bag. He should be fired. I can't believe this. And now is it Sean McDermott's fault that they only scored six points against the Jacksonville Jaguars? I don't know. I mean, it depends. If you're one of those people who's just like, it's Sean McDermott's fault. Well, then I guess so. I guess Sean McDermott's just responsible for everything. You know, I go through the drive-thru at McDonald's. And I ask for hot mustard and sweet and sour sauce. They never give it to me. But I guess I just start blaming Sean McDermott for that one too. That's my point. Every decision you make in the offseason, every game you play, every player you scratch or don't scratch, it's all linked. One action affects the, the, the next ones that are coming. Presence affects the future. No, it's not just about doing the right thing in those 13 seconds against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's about doing the right thing right now, today, tomorrow, free agency, the draft, training camp, week one, week two, and so on and so forth. That game was a microcosm of the failures of both the offseason as well as the regular season leading up to that point. So if you want the Buffalo Bills, and we all do, we want the Buffalo Bills to be better. We want them to learn. We want them to improve. That starts today. And I know a lot of you are saying to yourselves, Oh, man, that was a long season, but it went by quickly. I can't believe it's over. I'm going to take a break from Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. I know free agency in the draft is coming up, but, you know, I'm not really into that. Or, you know what, I am, but but, but I'll log in in, a in April again or middle of March. And then once the draft is over, I'm going to just take two months not even think about football. Fine, you can do that. The Bills can't. The The groundwork and the foundation for next year's hopeful playoff games starts now. For Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, the scouts, the coaches, everybody. And I know that Brandon Bean said that he didn't watch the game yet. And that's fine. That That's fine. They will. And they're going through some emotions, too. Let's not forget these are human beings. They have emotion. They're paid to win football games, entertain us, and make the football team better. They will. They will. But right now, they don't want to watch it. Give them a few more days. And then they'll start. They'll start next week. But that's what I'm saying is, is I understand that in the moment there's all this emotion. But what I'm saying is... is if you really want to know what happened and where the failures were and why the failures were failures, you got to start back at the beginning. That's what Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have to do. They're going to have meetings and go, well, what went wrong? And they're going to look at this Chiefs game and they're going to say, what could we have done differently? Let's learn from it. 
And if it's just becoming better coaches, you can't draft that. You've just got to have the intestinal fortitude to get better. And Sean McDermott, as a coach, has gotten better. But if there's personnel moves or if there's some deficiency on the team that needs to be handled, that happens now. You can't suddenly start signing offensive linemen in week 10. You can't sign a pass rusher in week 11. I mean, you can trade for Melvin Ingram, maybe. you got to get it right now. So if you're looking to the point where the Buffalo Bills are going to set the foundation for the 2022 football season, next Monday maybe, maybe today, but it's going to be soon. And the decisions and the learning and the tape watching is the foundation for the results that you will see on the field in 2022. Let's just not lose sight of that. Next segment, I'm going to talk about some of the coaching stuff. Brian Dable, Ken Dorsey, and a few people who might be replacements for Brian Dable if you were to leave. This next segment, we are going to deal with some hypotheticals that probably are going to come true in regards to Brian Dable and possibly Ken Dorsey. While they claim that the coaching search is still going on, there are several rumors that have come out stating that Brian Dable will be the next coach of the New York Giants. He will take former Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator Wink Martindale with him, and Ken Dorsey will be his offensive coordinator. I see a lot of people, a lot of Bills fans, who are freaking out, mostly about Ken Dorsey. But Josh Allen wants him, man. People are saying, why would Ken Dorsey ever leave the Bills? I'll tell you why. Maybe. Maybe he doesn't think he's ready. And you're probably saying to yourself now, oh, Charlie, Charlie, you got some of the dumbest takes I've ever heard. Well, let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. Sean McDermott's a defensive coach, right? Leslie Frazier probably isn't going to get a job. He'll probably be back, right? Another veteran defensive coach. So let's say that Ken Dorsey takes over for Brian Dable. To my knowledge, Ken Dorsey has never called plays. Who's going to help him out if he gets in trouble? He's going to have the weight of the world on his shoulders to keep this offense going as it's currently constructed. That's a lot of pressure. If he gets into some difficulties, who's he going to call? Ghostbusters? Tell me on the staff who he can lean on. And don't even don't say Chad Hall. Chad Hall has been a coach in the NFL for like four years. Come on. Okay. Now what happens if he goes to New York? Brian Dable. Offensive genius. Josh Allen developer. Is the head coach. So Ken Dorsey can be the finger quotes offensive coordinator under Brian Dable. And maybe Dable lets Dorsey call plays. What happens if Dorsey gets in trouble? Well, he's got Brian Dable to fall back on. Just like everyone who's ever worked under Andy Reid with the Chiefs. What do you always hear? Well, this guy worked under Andy Reid. This guy worked with or under Sean McVay. 
So right there, there's some cachet right there, right? Now, I'm not saying Brian Dable is Andy Reid. Like, come on. But he's learning how to be a play caller. And he'd have the support of having Brian Dable, possibly the most decorated offensive assistant coach, maybe assistant coach ever in the NFL, experienced play caller. And yes, is New York a tough market to be a a sports team in? Yes. However, if you can make it in New York, you can make it everywhere. So what better place for Ken Dorsey to start talking to the media than New York? Because everything else will be a cakewalk. There's no expectations in New York right now, and I know that's hard to believe. But if you listen to their, their, their beat writers, if you listen to their podcasts, they are all in on Joe, Joe Shane. They're all in. They're all in on a rebuild. Because they saw it work in Buffalo. So they say, well, why doesn't Joe Shane just going to come here and do the same thing? Now, is New York people and media the most patient? No. But it seems like they're willing to be more patient. So you go to New York with Brian Dable. Maybe you just keep Daniel Jones. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to give Daniel Jones a year under them, you know, coaches who have brains, coaches who understand how to develop a young quarterback and see what he has. In the meantime, Joe Shane and his staff are going to be scouting 2023 quarterback. So they're either going to turn Daniel Jones into some sort of whatever, because that's what they did with Josh Allen. And then they're just going to rock with Daniel Jones or they'll draft a guy. Either way, there's no pressure. The Giants are the worst team in the NFL, along with the Jets. So you go there, right? They won four games last year. You go there with Brian Dable. You instill their offense. You've got Daniel Jones, who's 6'5", like 225, same height as Josh Allen. He can run. What happens if you go there and you make something out of Daniel Jones and you win seven games? People are like, oh, shit. Yo, this Brian Dable guy's on to something. Yo, this Ken Dorsey offense, it looks dope. Or what if it doesn't work? You've got a year's worth of coordinating experience, and Joe Shane, Brian Dable, Ken Dorsey get to pick their Josh Allen. And then they say, man, it took Josh Allen four years to develop. And they got at least two before the New York media starts crushing them. Or you can stay here and have the pressure of trying to keep this offense going with no, no more experienced offensive guy in the league to fall back on. Nobody. It seems like a really obvious move for Dorsey to leave and go with Dable. So if it's not Ken Dorsey, then who? Who would replace Brian Dable? I think it's going to be a long list of names. I wrote an article last year, and I put down that the requirements were you can't be a douchebag, you have to run an Earhart Perkins offense, and you have to have previous play calling experience. I don't think the Earhart Perkins offense matters anymore, but I still think that they don't want a douchebag. <laughs> and they want a guy with some level of, of play calling experience. So who fits that bill? Well, first you look at guys who McDermott's connected to, but I don't even think they're going to limit, limit it that much. This is the best offensive coordinating job in the league except for the Chiefs. Who wouldn't want this job, right? 
So you're going to go through the normal list of candidates, right? Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy, John DeFilippo, I mean, George Godsey. There's going to be all kinds of names. Todd Monken, the, the offensive coordinator at Georgia who worked for the Cleveland Browns for a while. Mike Shula was the offensive coordinator in Carolina when McDermott was there when they had Cam Newton. What about Bill O'Brien? What about Joe Brady? Look what he did with Joe Burrow at LSU. Didn't have a great time in Carolina, but that guy's super creative. What about a guy like Jim Caldwell? If he doesn't get a head coaching job, what about a guy like Pep Hamilton? I mean, there's guys out there. I got to tell you, there's probably going to be 20 candidates for this job. And of course, they're they're not going to hire anyone who Josh Allen doesn't like. And that makes sense because he's the franchise. So if Dable and Dorsey both leave, I think that the replacement search for the head, the offensive coordinator is going to be fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Because there's lots of guys out there, like I said, who wouldn't want to work with Josh Allen. So we'll see. Now, there's some guys that I mentioned that I don't think are as strong candidates as others, like, you know, Matt Nagy. But who knows? I'm thinking about doing a podcast that will cover these coaching candidates more in depth. Maybe I won't. Maybe I will. Not sure. Um, There's also going to be some changes for me coming up in the offseason in terms of what content I make, um, kind of how I make it, um, stuff like that. I'm not leaving Built in Buffalo or anything like that. And I want to thank you for listening to this, like, it's 40-minute podcast at this point. Please take some time to listen to all the other podcasts on this podcast network. Check out the Built in Buffalo Facebook page, the Twitter account, the Instagram. Check out the YouTube channel. Lots of great shows on the YouTube channel. Bill's Mafia. Find a way to embrace your growth mindset. And as always, trust the process.